Is it time for a new heating and cooling system? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services and Carrier today and get 0% financing for 18 months on a new heating and cooling system. Get the comfort you deserve from Griffith Energy Services and Carrier. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today for this and other exclusive offers. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. From earaches to strep tests, there's Minute Clinic at CVS. See a provider, fill a prescription, and grab essentials. Or see us online with telehealth options. That's healthier made easier. Visit Minute Clinic at CVS today. Services vary by location. See MinuteClinic.com for details. That is the sound of beer bottles being gathered from across the country. And why? Three words. Justice Brett Kavanaugh. From the highways of America, here's the podcast where we talk politics, a little entertainment, some culture, and this and that, from the road to your ears. This is Trend Chat with your host, Brian Bledsoe. And welcome to another episode of Trend Chat. I'm your host, Brian Bledsoe. And if you want to connect with us, whether on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or Snapchat, it's all the same name, Trend Chat 24-7. That is at Trend Chat 24-7. Yeah, so there's <laughs> there's been a lot of beer drinking going on in the <laughs> over the past weekend. And like I said, we finally, we have reached the end of the saga that is Kavanaugh. <laughs> so... On Saturday, now Justice, Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh was confirmed by the Senate 50 to 48. So very, I mean, it was very slim, but that was to be, to be expected. But nevertheless, it, you know, it's, it's done. And, you know, that's um, the sound of beer bottles doesn't have to be from Republicans who are, you know, celebrating. That's also could be from liberals who are, you know, crying in their beer in, in disgust as well. They're drinking to forget about all the things they've tried to take them down and, you know, seeing that it didn't work. Uh, yeah, they could be just as drunk <laughs> as, far, as far as they probably they're probably even worse. Than, than Republicans celebrating. They probably just, liberals probably, you know, drink themselves into a stupor. I mean, especially as, um, as, as some I've seen that, you know, you've seen from on social media had some teacher basically, um, uh, basically putting out about killing Kavanaugh. I mean, I saw a story about a Google exec, which, you know, kind of goes back to a couple of weeks ago when you had this video of Google execs being all distraught about the 2016 election. But um, you had another Google exec on Twitter basically um, damning all Republicans to hell. 
And, and, you know, the fact that he runs such a powerful, um, you know, resource like Google, I'm pretty sure he'll he'll never use that tool to stifle Republicans in any way. I mean, something that is right there at his fingertips. I'm sure he would never use that because he he sounded so civil and so tolerant and open while he was um saying you know f you all to hell talking about republicans and being that upset about you know kavanaugh's being kavanaugh being confirmed and all but yeah yeah don't don't worry about that google you know he has this amazing resource to influence millions billions of people and i'm sure he would not take his personal um opinion and try to use google to influence people you know away from republicans i you know yeah he'll never yeah never do that even though from how he from his tweets he makes it seem like the world is about to end i mean that sort of desperation wouldn't make someone you know use something like google to you know maybe to maybe do a little something here and there to try to try to make um you know to whether to like I said to stifle or to maybe to try to uh I guess you could say like like a shadow ban or some sort of like that. I mean no, they would never do that. I mean because you know yeah. Anyway, now one thing I've um you know uh, you know I, I'm glad that I don't have to talk much else about Kavanaugh. That's it now. <laughs> Um, because it's over. I'm guessing the next time we'll probably talk about Justice Kavanaugh will be um, for his his first decision, um, whatever whatever case that will be. I'm, I'm guessing that's probably be the next time, and just um, get an idea as far as how he's going to um, how he's going to decide on these cases um, as a Supreme Court justice. But until then. Which it, I don't know. Maybe it could be in a couple of weeks when the first decision, because they just they started in you know October first. So, so we'll see. So that being said, I know now that that is over. You know, people are still kind of trying to look at the Supreme Court and just wondering if, if uh, maybe there will be another you know, <laughs> confirmation coming down the line. And it, it's funny because one they had the I guess I guess you can say the public swearing in ceremony for justice Kavanaugh yesterday. And I posted a picture of, um, uh, Clarence Thomas smiling, uh, sitting right next to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. What looking, you know, pretty sad or just, Oh, maybe her normal self. But I know a lot of people are always wanting to bring up about, well, Ginsburg next, you know, she's going to be the next one to be replaced, which that could be the case. I mean, obviously, I'm not it's not surprising that's the one that everyone is looking at because she's the oldest one. And also because she just looks frail. <laughs> um and so you kind of wonder, you know, how long she's going to stay as a as a justice. That being said, um I hope everyone realizes that, you know, even though Ginsburg may be the oldest one. She's not like, it's not like 
you know, Justice Breyer and also Justice Thomas, it's not like those two are like spring chickens. They're pretty close in age. So they're not that far away from from um, Ginsburg's age. So that could be a possibility with those two as well. So and especially with Justice Thomas, I mean, look, if um, especially if Trump wins you know, re-election in 2020, I mean, it would be kind of nice maybe, you know. I don't know, maybe to have a replacement there, that's if he wants to leave, you know, but, um, as far as not like if, especially like if Ginsburg leaves, um, in the next couple of years and, or like I said, like Breyer, um, Justice Breyer, I think is, I think he is 80. So, you know, um, so, Hey, there's a potential for a lot. A lot more Supreme Court justices could be replaced in the next couple of years. You never know. So, and I mean, that's just the truth just by just going by age. So, but that's it. <laughs> so that's, that's it right now. So we, we're going on, on to, to the next issue, whatever that is. And then Taylor Swift jumped in <laughs> all of a sudden. So Taylor Swift has... So I guess taking taking aside now, and she has finally, you know, after years and years of not having um, any political opinion, has finally decided to say that she cannot support the Republican who was running for Senate for the U.S. Senate, Marshall Blackburn. Cause and she throws her support behind the Democrat. Oh, that's uh, I mean, how shocking! I can't believe you. I, um, someone in entertainment, someone in the media, is supporting a Democrat. Oh, that's so shocking. I mean, I really don't understand what, what's the um. I mean, everyone's just disgust. I would be more surprised if you were more like Kanye and just came out and supported Marshall Blackburn. That, I would be surprised by that. That that would be the shocking part. Yeah. Okay. Another celebrity, another, you know, elite, um, you know, entertain, entertainer is supporting a Democrat. Big whoops. Shocker. Like I said, what, what the surprise here? I know it's disappointing for people you know, especially her fans and people who are, you know, are a fan of her music and everything. And, and like I said, she hasn't had no political, any political, you know, opinions about anything all this time, but still, even though she, the fact that she didn't have an opinion, I still kind of would suspect pretty much any person in entertainment, any person part of, any actor, <laughs> anybody that is involved in Hollywood or just TV, media, whatever. My default is that they probably are a liberal. That's just where I would suspect. I mean, mainly just going by the numbers, just looking at how many are supporting Democrats. So that it doesn't come as any shock to see another one coming out to to support to support Democrats. So. Like I said, the the shocking one is seeing Kanye, and and you know personally, I I look, I don't have no idea what's 
going on with Kanye. I mean, he's, um, you know, wearing the MAGA hat and, and everything and going on Saturday Night Live, like we talked about before. And now he's going to have dinner with Trump at the White House. I, I don't know. Was that was that today or tonight? I don't know. But, you know, it's, you know, <laughs> that's the more shocking development from a celebrity than anything. But, hey, well, I guess we'll see if um if her influence in Tennessee will, I guess, have some sort of effect in the U.S. Senate. So, and I. You know, it will to especially the younger generation, more millennial, um, more millennials will probably will be pretty um, could be pretty much, you know, influenced from her endorsement of uh, of the Democrat in in Tennessee. Speaking of that, we are in Tennessee. Uh, That's where we're broadcasting from. Something I don't do enough. I need to. You know, in the intro, we're all talking about from the highways of America, but yet I don't, <laughs> I don't tell you where I'm at. I tend to forget. Actually, I'm, I get to talking. The next thing I know, I've forgotten that I was supposed to mention that. But yeah, we're in Tennessee, and actually, that's why I was thinking about that in particular because I was, I'm looking at the signs that I'm driving, and I see the signs for, um, um, for Marshall Blackburn, and you know, and others as well, and and also just. You know, thinking back as far as what's going on and hearing about, you know, Taylor Swift and whatnot. So, oh, so that one thing I want to mention is speaking of music, actually. I know last episode I mentioned in the beginning in the intro, I guess you want to call it. I mentioned that I wish I had, you know, music licensing, I guess, to play like popular music, you know, like Taylor Swift, even though I wouldn't play that, but um, not because of just what happened. I mean, I just wouldn't in general because, I mean, I think I had like one Taylor Swift song. <laughs> um, Yeah. Yeah, I think I had one Taylor Swift song on my iPod and I don't even remember what that is. No, you belong to me. I remember. That's what's on my iPod. But, um, but yeah, but like I said, I wish I had that so I can play like some music and to maybe in you know something relevant as far as what's going on to play in the background or whatever. But then I I forgot that <laughs> I actually have access to music in particular. I mean, but like Spreaker's partner as far as um being able to provide music and just sound effects, you know, epidemic sound. Um they have great music. And I just haven't really thought about using them, but that's going to change from now on. Cause now I just decided I'm like, I got to play, start playing some music. And so by me saying that you're going <laughs> to, you're going to start hearing a little more, I don't know. I can't say eccentric. I mean, but it's going to be diverse. Let's put it that way. Cause I, I do have a diverse sense of music taste. So you might hear a little bit, little, little, just a little bit. I ain't gonna be playing whole songs or nothing like that. I'm just gonna play like a little bit, you know, for like a, I guess, I guess what they call like a, what they call like a ramp into the next segment or something like that. So actually, you'll hear a, you're gonna hear something like that just in a couple of minutes, actually. Cause before we get to some more news, also, if I have dimension, I forgot, I noticed I didn't mention this in the beginning. <laughs> So we have Emily Cook with us uh, for this episode. So we're going to talk about 
Texas Right to Life. She's the general counsel for Texas Right to Life. And we're going to talk about the Gosnell movie. And, you know, that's that's a real focus this this week is the Gosnell movie because it premieres in theaters on Friday. So I everyone that is listening, I, you know, encourage everyone to go out and see it. So and so we're going to talk about that. We're also going to have an episode on Thursday. Um, and I'll tell you who if if you've seen social media from trend chat you already know who but i'll mention at the end so like i said but before we get into all that let's hear a word a word from my friends from the founder project and then you will hear what i'm talking about as far as the music so here we go hello trend chat listeners if you like the founding projects civics education video series civics for all ages and our educational meme series we think you will love our new website. Join us at thefoundingproject.com and be a part of the civics movement. The Founding Project is a 501c3 education nonprofit. Please join us today. Hey, what's up? This is Kai Jones, and you're listening to me here at Trend Chat. Yeah, there we go. All right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Crank it up, DJ. Well, no, actually, don't. Don't crank it up. Turn it down. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's what we're doing. <laughs> so, we're doing, we're going to, you know, have a lot more. I ain't going to say a lot more. We're going to have, you know, five, five or six songs or whatever like that just come in while I, you know, just, like, listen to it and just kind of cheer dance. But, anyway. So yeah, that's that's what I was talking about, and it's funny also, you know, hearing from Kaya Jones. Also, just want to mention, you know, Kaya Jones has a, a song out called Tonight, and it's available on just Amazon, iTunes, etc., all the digital platforms out there. Also, she has a video out now for Tonight, which I think is it premiered. Um, today actually so so yeah everybody check that out so it's you know and um yeah i it actually just crossed my mind it was something i was going to mention but i kind of forgotten but then i just played that so yeah but now if you heard last episode i gave a prediction about the ufc fight with um uh, khalid and conor mcgregor and um i am proud to say i predicted it right I said that Khalid would win by submission, and that's exactly how he won. Now, no one could have predicted what happened afterwards <laughs> when uh, with Khabib jumping over the over the the cage, over the octagon, octagon and uh, going out and uh, attacking one of Conor McGregor's team, and that whole craziness that happened. <laughs> and yeah, so I don't know what's gonna come out of that. And yeah, that, that, that was wild. But, um, but uh, you know, I'm not saying like, because I was right about the finish of that fight. Like I'm some sort of expert. It just, it was just came, it just came by watching some of the fights and just kind of see how each, you know, how both of them kind of, um, both of their styles. And it just kind of looked that way. Kind of felt like that's what was, you know, how it was going to play out. So, now, also this week, I mentioned, well, 
uh, well, last week, um, in the last episode, I mentioned about the movie Venom. And I actually went out to see Venom this weekend. And I, I must say, it was not as bad as those critics made it seem. Like, I remember saying in the last episode, it was supposed, uh, supposed to be, like, uh, really bad. Like, it was supposedly, I guess what they said, Catwoman bad. But it wasn't. Wasn't that bad at all, actually. I mean, I wouldn't give it a... Um, <laughs> Like it, it wasn't. If we're going by like Rotten Tomatoes score, so I wouldn't give it a ninety, or anything higher than a ninety. But I also wouldn't give it a thirty. So um, I would say it's probably about seventy. I, I, like I would say maybe seven stars <laughs> out of ten, or I say maybe three point five out of five stars, or something like that. It was pretty good. I mean, there was some parts in the beginning that I. I felt like it was um, the plot. Some parts of the plot was were rushed in the beginning, actually, and some things to me seemed like they didn't really go together. But all in all, the movie as a whole was pretty good. So I don't know. I think I, I don't know. I think people maybe should um, really give it a shot. Now, think about it. Even though the critics, you know, uh, for the most part, hated it, it seemed like. Ugh, the uh, us normal people uh liked it because it um made like 80 million so i'm I, you know kind of glad people kind of ignored what the critics were saying and actually went to see it because it, it was a pretty good movie I, I like i said i enjoyed it so you know it's just another one of those cases where the um the i guess you could say the the normal people uh <laughs> have a much different view than the, you know, a lot of the elitists as far as when it comes to critics. Um, that just, that happens a lot, especially when we talk about any conservative film. And speaking of that, you know, again, that um, Gosnell is in theaters on Friday. And I'm pretty sure it, even if it, whatever reviews that it gets from these, I've said it's probably 95% leftist critics um out there and I, I would not be surprised if it gets like a zero riding score uh riding tomato score and and all these you know all these critics gonna just hate on it all day you know as much as possible so i, I would hope not but that's what i'm expecting from them that's you know hope they prove me wrong actually so but um now we had a, a another, I guess, pretty uh, fresh news. <laughs> I guess you want to say today, as I was putting together as far as what to talk about tonight. Well, as we record this tonight, um, so Nikki Haley uh, resigned as the ambassador to the um, United Nations. That was today actually and that came out of nowhere <laughs> and um but hey she i would say she's probably one of the few people who are leaving the administration on good terms <laughs> at least or leaving without i guess i get with scandal <laughs> or basically being fired by 
by President Trump. So she got that going for her. You know, she came in, she did, you know, she did a job and then she left and, you know, everything went smooth. It was a very amicable, am, amicable <laughs> break, I guess. <laughs> I should have, I should have practiced saying that word before I try to say that live. But okay. <laughs> um, but, you know, I came across something from somebody, I forgot who it was, but they were, I guess, trying to predict or trying to say that okay maybe Nikki Haley is um you know resigning to um to take over for a for Lindsey Graham in case Jeff Sessions get fired from being attorney general so so you have so so Trump would fire Jeff Sessions and then appoint Lindsey Graham as attorney general. And then for the open seat in South Carolina, Nikki Haley becomes the Senator in South Carolina. I mean, I, like I said, I forgot who I saw that from. And now, even if all that happens, you know, I guess for me, I'm just to start off the whole, <laughs> this whole ball rolling for one, that means you would, you know, President Trump would have to fire Jeff Sessions, which personally, I don't I think Jeff Sessions doing a, a good job. Um, I, I feel a lot of people who are, I guess, who are disappointed and and especially who are like dogmatic as far as wanting to get um, Jeff Sessions fired. It, it seems like that they they seem like they, they want it, want Sessions to be like. Trump's Eric Holder, like <laughs> want Sessions to be like Eric Holder was to Obama as far as um, just, you know, basically just doing the, you know, doing Obama's bidding and basically not really being an independent, you know, person outside of the administration. But Jeff, I feel Jeff Sessions is doing what, what the job you know, cause you to do more so than what Eric Holder did. But I feel like, and, and it's funny because like when Eric Holder was doing all his dirt during the Obama administration, you know, we as conservatives with all like, yeah, you know, he needs to, need to stop. He need to, uh, need to put an end to this. And now that, you know, Jeff Sessions is, and there it, it seems like now they want him to to do what Eric Holder was doing. And I don't, you know, I don't agree with that. So that's why I say I feel like he's doing a, a pretty good job, actually. But, you know, President Trump doesn't see it that way. So for one, so that that could happen. I don't know if that's going to happen at all anyway. But but, yeah, so we'll see if any of that will happen. So. So, like I said, we're going to get to our interview with uh, with Emily Cook right now. And before, actually before that, one thing um, I wanted to mention is that, um, well, you know what? Actually, I'm not, I'm not even going to go on that because I don't want to get, take too much more time. I want to make sure we get, um, get everything in. But I just want to say I'm probably going to break in in the middle of this just, um, just because, and y- 
you'll know why when I when I do. So without further ado, here is General Counsel for Texas Right to Life, Emily Cook. Hello, this is Trent Champ, and we are very pleased to have General Counsel for Texas Right to Life, Emily Kevado Cook, with us. Now, I'm saying that because her name was Emily Kevado. I didn't even know how to say it. I didn't know how to say it at that time. And as soon as I finally learned how to say her name, then she went and got married. And I, no, I'm going to say it because I want to, I want to make sure the world knows I can actually say your last, your last name, your prior last name. How you doing? Uh, I'm great. Thank you. That's hysterical. Thank you for having Texas Right to Life on. So the reason why we want to bring you on is because we saw, I guess, a couple of weeks ago that Texas Right to Life, along with you, you and along with legislative director John Segal, was part a, of a movie called Reversing Role. Is that correct? Uh, yes, yes, a Netflix documentary. Now, given that it's on Netflix, would I be correct in saying this is most likely, I'm guessing this is not a pro-life movie? N- no, it's, it's not. <laughs> okay. So. It's pretty biased the other way. You, know, so, you think a documentary would be fair, you know, both sides of the story, um, but it was it's very uh, pro-abortion minded. Uh, but we were, uh, and we get into that, but Texas Race Life was glad to uh, at least be able to attempt to bring the humanity of the unborn uh, to and, and the horrendous, what abortion really is, um, to, to participate in that pro- process and try to give whatever uh, voice we could um, to those precious babies. So, well, given that this is a pro-abortion movie, how did you and well, Texas Right Life get involved? Well, I wouldn't, you know, it wasn't pitched that way, for one, um, but, you know, it was pitched as a, as a neutral uh, documentary, but I believe that now this happened um, in 2017, so it was during the legislative session, so it's been about over a year since we filmed, uh, since we filmed our portion of the documentary, and, and I believe the Netflix um, producers had reached out to our media director at that time, and so... Um, reached out to our communications department and that kind of got the ball rolling. But what happened was there was a, um, a set of film crew and um, interviewers who came, and I think they spent about two days with um, following Texas Rights Life, our lobbying team around the Capitol during the last Texas legislative session. Uh, and so we uh, did lots of interviews. They looked um, in and talking about why we believe uh, human rights attached to preborn children, um, what our, and kind of what our message was as the leading pro-life organization in the capital of Texas and um, how we interact with lawmakers. And uh, we were able to uh, spend a significant uh, amount of time uh, during the session uh, to, to film what they needed and the questions that they posed to us. And all were pretty na- uh, neutral, but, you know, we were anticipated. That's probably the uh, probably the other side of the story of how it would, it, it, the documentary would end up reflecting, and, and it was. But we also took, uh, introduced the filmmakers, and they sat down and did interviews with some of um, our champions of the pro-life movement legislators, like uh, our pro-life whip, State Representative Matt Rinaldi out of the Irving area, um, State Representative Briscoe Kane out of Deer Park, and I think Dr. Greg Bonin, State Representative out of um, uh, the, I think it's galveston area uh, south of Houston that um, they, they sat down with and interviewed about their pro-life 
efforts um, during the legislature. Now, uh, while you were filming, you know, did you suspect the bias during that time, or was it something that you all noticed afterwards? Um, well, no, we we expected that's probably um, what would happen, and so, but we were just trying to, you know, do the best that we could to bring the face of unborn children to the discussion, and that there's there's a second victim of abortion, and um, I, I myself, I think I was six months pregnant at that point, and so very visibly showing, walking around the Capitol, and I really hoped that out of all the frames that um, and film that we we took that there would be pictures of a uh, pregnant pro-life lobbyist walking around uh, the Capitol because how much more fitting to when we're talking about destruction of life in the womb than to visually see life. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, that's, a, you know, that is obviously, you know, right there in your face. And, it, it, well, have you you seen the film? I have not watched the entirety of the film. Okay. Well. Okay. Well. My. Yeah. My next question was. What. Was. You know. How much actually got into the film? <laughs> and. Well, I watched the segment. Um, yes. So a very small, very small segment. Uh, John Segoe's question interviews uh, made it in a few, uh, a few times, and so it the, based upon the amount of time that we spent interviewing uh, with the with the folks that. Uh, producers, a very small amount actually made it into the film. Um, I haven't watched all of it because uh, there are routinely showing women who are undergoing abortions at night. Oh, wow. Oh, really? Yeah. Just, um, well, I think they're like in the waiting room and in different kind of situations like that, and, and I just haven't, I haven't been able to do that yet. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Because I, I was wondering, like, Given the fact that you were pregnant at the time while they were filming, I was just wondering were they just like on like do like um, strategic um, angles where they try not to even show that because the because well, of that. they did. There were there are there are frames of me where you can totally see um, that I was pregnant. It was funny when the the documentary was um, officially released and uh, our group work text message for our legislative team and John C was like it's out. And uh, I said, can you tell that I'm pregnant? And his response was, uh, absolutely. Fantastic. That's, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> now, full disclosure, I am a, a donor to Texas Right to Life. And I Thank think it's a, it's a great organization. And I I give, you know, <laughs> to, as, as much as I can and with much, you know, I can't say much joy because of what, you know, we're actually uh, doing, but right. I definitely want to right. support Texas Right to Life as, mu as much as possible because I really appreciate your work. And well, thank you for partnering with us. And, and one, th yeah, and one thing I want to ask is, what is uh Texas Right to Life, you know, up to for the midterms? Great question. Um, there was actually a special election. Uh, that was just held for State Senate District, State Senate District 19, and it was uh, part of Bear County, part of San Antonio, um, and it comes in over here, 17 or 19 counties south um, in South Texas. And Texas Rights Life, we got our pack under the direction of Luke Bowen, who's our political director. Um, we're, the, we're, the first, we're the first organization to jump on and endorse the Republican frontrunner, Pete Flores. And he was a game warden. Um, 
the retired game warden who had run against the pro-abortion Democrat um, in 2016, um, but now that state senator, Carlos Uresti, is headed to prison, um, his seat was up for a special election. And um, we did a lot of Hispanic outreach to on the pro-life issue uh, to boost uh, Peter Flores' chances of victory. And his campaign, Matt Napoliak, um himself, all any pundits that you want to say, use that word, but agree that Texas American Life's early involvement in uh, in belief in Peter Flores and in um, that, that the pro-life message reaches Hispanic voters uh, really caused other organizations to step up big for uh, Mr. Flores and set the momentum, and it was unique. Um, we actually, one thing I'm very proud of that our organization did was we did a, a pro-life ad, a pro-life radio and digital ad and um, in Spanish, and we didn't have to outsource for that. Um, all of the Spanish-speaking parts uh, were filmed in our studio at our office by our employees, by our Spanish-speaking employees, and it goes to um, the breadth of having young uh, young people through all demographics involved in the pro-life movement. And so um, expanding on Hispanic outreach to turn out um, under the pro-life message for Republicans during the midterm elections is something that we are uh, heavily looking at and, and employing during this uh, the next month. And the second of all is making sure that Republican voters understand what those who may not historically vote in midterm elections know what's at stake. Um, we cannot be complacent. Pro-life voters who are usually Republican cannot be complacent. They have to vote for the pro-life candidate. We're also making sure that um, voters in rural areas uh, who, you know, their county may be, their county may be conservative, pro-life, and they know that's going to be the overwhelming. But if we can drive up the margins in these rural areas on um, conservative pro-life candidates like Ted Cruz, that is going to help offset um, the less far left pro-abortion ideology that's going to be uh, expected to come out of the more urban counties. And so we always put out pro-life voter guides, um, which we will be doing again, and ensuring that um, like-minded folks actually get out to vote and concentrating a lot in Dallas County because um, that's some toss-up between house district um, races that we are concerned um, concerned about getting those guys back into office. Hello, this is Brian Bledsoe, host of Trend Chat, also contributor at Politichicks.com, here to tell you about the new book called Politichicks, A Clearing Call to Political Activism, with over 300 pages from contributors like myself, talking about topics such as education, social issues, healthcare, the Second Amendment, and of course, activism. I encourage you all to check it out at Politichicks.com, and is also available at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. All right, now here I am, going to break in right quick, because... As we were, were recording this, I found out afterwards that my mic was pretty bad. And for the rest of the interview, it's hard to hear me. And at this particular point, you can't hear me at all. So here's the context of the next of her next answer, because it was on my end. Everything was fine with her. You can hear her perfectly fine. It's just my my bad as far as um, my mic. So we're talking about we're going to talk about the Gosnell movie. And I'm just going to ask her right now. I'm just asking her to get to give you like details as far as um, 
with the the everything with the Gosnell case. And from this point on, we'll be talking about the Gosnell movie. Well, we were all, everyone was shocked. It defies any sort of sense of decency when you learn that the abortion industry is so driven by profit and destruction, killing life at many costs, that they were willing to allow killing a baby who were born alive after a failed abortion attempt. And, and that they're rushed to defend these, these practices. Um, and so that's what the God's Mouth case was about um, out of Pennsylvania where this horrific, um, I hate to say, I don't even want to call him a physician because a physician is supposed to heal and he took life. Uh, but there was, you know, absolute filthy conditions, endangering women, killing women. Um, yeah, I think he killed a couple women um, and then was killing snipping the necks of babies after they were born alive. I mean, just just defies conscience. And so when people realize that's what the something that the abortion industry is about and what when you allow destruction of human life, the killing of an innocent human life at one stage, logic extends to say, well why not to a later stage? When when folks will look at that, um, they see just how wrong abortion is. And, and that was one of the reasons why Texas Rights Watch spearheaded the passage of the dismemberment abortion ban. A dismemberment abortion is one that kills an unborn child through ripping his or her limbs apart one by one. It was a priority um, piece of legislation. It's inhumane, and it also drives the cultural conversations. People step back and say, whoa, if this is what abortion is, no, that's not, that's not what I thought it was. And I, it, it breeds the humanity of the unborn child um, to life. Um, and so, to, you know, in response to making sure that stuff like that doesn't happen in Texas, we did, uh, are able to, it was, it was a tough road last session um, because it, the bill would never be able to, was never brought to the floor of the Texas House due to Speaker Joe Strauss and other um, Republicans who actually don't believe that passing pro-life legislation is a priority once they get to the session. Um, but we were able to tack that amendment on Stephanie Swick. Representative Stephanie Swick was able to tack that on her bill on as an amendment to another bill making its way through the legislature. And so we were able to um, to to outlaw that sort of abortion. And, you know, it goes, goes back to bringing the reality. Hopefully the movie will um, show folks, you know, re- remind folks that we cannot be complacent in allowing this evil in our society. Yeah, you know, it's um, this is definitely not a you know, a feel good <laughs> movie experience, but it's definitely an, an important movie to to watch. Because if, especially if you if anyone that is listening, if you can get your um, you know, get your pro choice, pro abortion, you know, friends and family to to watch this and understand what is um, what abortion really is, and um, so. I, yeah, I really, you know, I hope this, um, I hope the mirror, I hope everything goes well. I hope it has a real good opening weekend and just, uh, yeah, we, we need more movies like this. Unfortunately, we, we need more movies like this because of what is going on, you know, in our country. If they want to reach you or check the right life on social media, where do they go? Absolutely. www.texasrighttolife.com. That is our um, homepage or website, texasrighttolife.com, all spelled out. 
you can also uh, visit our Facebook page, which is Texas Right to Life, and we're active on Twitter and Instagram as well. So you can find us across all social media platforms, and again, you can go to www.texasrighttolife.com to sign up for email updates, to get the latest news, hear what's uh, happening in pro-life news across Texas. All right. Emily Kevado Cook, thank you so much for your time. <laughs> thank you for having us. Yep, and thanks to Emily for joining us. So, yeah, like I said, that other the at the end there, um, well, you know, <laughs> I had uh, technical issues on my end as far as my microphone cutting out, but you know, we got it, we got it through. So, anyway, uh, that's it for this episode. I appreciate everyone listening, everyone, um, and you know that have been listening all this time and again gosnell movie comes out this friday october 12th so in in theater so check it out and so on thursday we will have alfonso rachel who is one of the stars of gosnell will join us on thursday so we'll we'll have him on and we'll talk about um, not only Gosnell, but we'll talk about um, other things that he has going on. He has a has a new book, uh, Solid Right Cross. We'll talk about that as well. So that'll be on Thursday. And so until Thursday, we'll chat with you later. Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour voice remote to connect to your home life cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox voice remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com slash thisishome today. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700.